0: Bear on Bears fans, my God, what a day. And it is like, dog, as right before we recording this, more news coming out. Football is falling apart before our very eyes and rebuilding itself. Luke Getzey has been fired. We've got the press conference to react to after that with Flues. And of course, Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren also talked, when to get into some of his things. And Nick Saban's mm. illustrious coaching career has come to an end. All that more today's episode. I don't even know like this is this is a crazy day of football today. And of course, I'm joined by Jason McKee, as always on a Wednesday. J-Mac, what's going on, brother? What are your thoughts, man? On uh, let's let's start it off here. Let's let's give some praise to Coach Saban out here. And then we can get into all the Bears stuff we got to get into. But but as somebody who uh, uh, sends young men to college, As somebody who's seen how many people Saban is sent to the NFL, what are your thoughts on the job that he's done as a college head coach?
1: Yeah, it goes without question. Just look at the track record of success year in and year out. You know, all the top recruits in the country wanting to go to play for Nick Saban, even though he has top recruits already there. And that shows the uh, program that he's built He's been able to groom and develop coaches. Every year we see an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator from that program go off to be head coaches. So he's done his job in terms of developing coaches. He developed players. Look at how many uh, players from the Alabama program have gotten drafted, you know, that are having sustained success in the NFL. Uh, You know, being drafted in the first round, being drafted in later rounds, and having successful careers, you know, all a direct correlation to the development and the relationship that they've made and, and that they've gone through down there at Alabama, so it's definitely a, a, a tough day for college football. Um, I think what Nick Saban's won six national championships there at Alabama, yeah, he's a dog. I mean, that's crazy, you know. What I mean, that, that's crazy. So it's you know, college football is going to be different without Nick Saban in it. You know, he, he, I know there's people that that hate Bama and there's some people that love Bama, but one thing you can't take away from Bama is uh, you know, the commitment to ex- excellence that they've had. Uh, the track record they've had in terms of, you know, putting a track record and putting a successful team out there on the field, but also helping their players go on and have careers outside of football, uh, college football. So, you know, salute to to Alabama, man. It's going to be interesting to see who they get to take over uh, that role and what happens to, you know, that roster and the, the recruiting class that they had coming in this year. You know, like I told you, Pat, before we got on the pod, I'm sure there's some college coaches on the phone right now, on one phone, two phones, three phones, you know, trying to call and say, hey, you stay in Alabama. You coming here? Or, you know, we got a spot for you. So, you know, I hope that they're able to retain their players. And and that's a tough that's a tough act to follow for the next coach, whoever takes that, uh, whoever <sighs> takes that, that mantle, you know, after Nick Saban held it for a long time.
0: You would think probably right, like maybe a, a promotion from within. Yeah, I mean, maybe it may be a Bill O'Brien's still there, right? Maybe you go Bill O'Brien on that or something like that. Cause that's, yeah. uh, that's a, I, I don't see like a, a newer head coach just being like, this is what I'm going to hitch my wagon to the first time. That'll ruin your whole career, dog. Right. That, that'll throw right. everything Hey, bro. Don't, and funny, you,
1: I mean, like you, even when Nick Saban loses a game, a game at Alabama, they, is he, is he losing his touch? Is it a, like, dude lost one game? You know what yeah. I mean? It, it, like they go off. So it's
0: that's a tough yeah. job to take over, and especially when Saban's there. That's a that's a tough one to uh have t- some tough shoes to have to fill. But listen, we're here for the Bears. Just wanted to give praise to Saban. I love yeah. the career that he's had, thought he thinks he's done an amazing job. And uh listen, defensive linemen in the NFL will never be the same because so many of them. Have come from Alabama, <laughs> like so oh, yeah. many of them have yeah. come through that program.
1: And you, you did you mention? Uh, you know, Pete Carroll got fired as well, which is crazy. I don't think, bro. I, yeah,
0: I didn't even think about that. It's yeah. been an insane day, bro. Like yeah, Carroll end up getting fired. Damn. Um, what what else is happening? It's been so Getsy, of course, getting fired. Like it's been a wild day of football all the way around. And this is this is uh, I guess for coaches, it's not a great day, right? But it, it, it's no. a it's a football fan's dream for conversation
1: but there's a thing too, right? And, you know, it, it's tough. Like I, as a, as a coach, I don't like to see coaches get fired because yeah. there are people, they have families. They, and, and like I said, like I've always said, we as fans don't see the amount of work that they put in on a daily basis, you know, time, not just, you know, coaching the game, but on the practice field, deep details and putting together game plans or trying to put together game plans and all that stuff, man. It's a lot of time and that they sacrifice. It's a lot of commitment to the team, the bonds they make, you know, uh, with other coaches and players and stuff like that. So, you know, despite these coaches being let go, they have families and they built bonds with players within that locker room. And, And it hurts. It hurts to see that happen because regardless of what their track record was at their particular team, And I'll just talk about Getze since we're talking about him. yeah, You know, despite the ups and downs in terms of uh, production we had offensively, uh, Getze, he has bonds with guys in that locker room. And I know guys in that locker room like Getze. They're tied to Getze. And I know it hurt to see him. That's going to hurt them to see him go because of that relationship they have for him that's bigger than him just being an offensive coordinator or their coach. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I I just say that to say that it's tough. You know what I mean? But as a football fan, you know, we – we want better as a Bears fan. We want better, but also want the best for these coaches. And, and I hope they get opportunities elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. Right. it's listen, Getsy probably ends up. It's going to be weird. Right. He's definitely going back to Green Bay. Right. Like the double agent rumors are about to go crazy. Uh, but I, I definitely think that Luke gets. probably ends up back with Matt LaFleur trying to help Jordan Love along. Um, and And continuing his coaching career there, and probably end up getting another opportunity to be an o c somewhere else. the one thing that I will say is you know i 'm glad that we 're here as bears fans, right because it shows me that there's a, at least a standard It shows me that there's at least a standard of excellence that you do have to meet all the all the negatives that I could say about fluce, all the down things that I could say about fluce. Uh, on the flip side of that as a dc and as somebody who was in charge of his defense right he had the fifth best run defense in the nfl they led the nfl in interceptions uh mm-hmm. there there's there's uh they they were one of the highest uh, as far as uh pressuring the quarterback over the last 7 games right he ran a team that that was able to find its way over the last 7 games there there were so many things that you saw put going in the right direction when Floose was able to get the players it makes sense to me i don't like it But it makes sense why you bring Flus back, right? And and especially when we hear from Kevin Warren today, uh, uh, he's big on stability. He doesn't want you to turn away when things get tough. He doesn't want you not to continue to go down the path when it seems like you're making progress, but it doesn't seem like perfect progress at the perfect time, right? And he talked about being impatient, so I can get Matt Iberflus, Luke Getzey. I don't care if you're a Caleb Williams guy. I don't care if you're a Justin Fields guy. Dan Orlovsky, Chase Daniels, JT O'Sullivan, uh, Jay Cutler, all of these guys that have evaluated film and have watched film for their entire lives, looked at Luke Getz's system and just went, what the heck is he doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think when you look at it, they they showed you that they valued the chemistry, the continuity. You talked about stability, that word that we heard come up over and over again in this press conference. They valued that as opposed to, you know, bringing in a new coach, trying to build chemistry with him, him having to build chemistry and, and get to know his players because they feel like they have, they feel like they are trending in the right direction. Right. Yeah. And they value that over wins and loss records in terms of, you know, what, what coach Luce has had uh, since he's been there. He has a losing record as the head coach, but they value the the possibility and potential of continuing to grow and continue to build. And, um, you know, we, we talked, uh, polls talked about that as well, like with Justin, and we got to talk about that. Like, you know, if, if you like that continuity and stability in terms of relationships that polls has with his players, you know, he was able to write the ship and when things are going bad, we we're on a losing streak and coach yep. was getting fired. He was able to maintain control of that locker room, maintain the chemistry, uphold the culture and the standard and to go off and, and, and put together, you know, a good run the middle of the season. And it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but, he was able to, like Post said, right the ship and, and you know, not let things fall apart. And, and that just makes you wonder, like, with the situation of Justin Fields, right? And and Post talked about that. When you have a locker room that's coming out verbally and saying that, hey, Justin Fields is our quarterback. You know, everybody, we've heard Jalen Johnson say that. We've heard DJ Moore say that. Yeah. I, I interviewed Demarcus Walker after the Green Bay game, and he said, you know, the first thing he said when I asked him about Justin's uh, play this year he said justin's our quarterback you know and you know and and, and Poe said you know that plays a factor he hears it and that that does resonate with him but he says he has to remove himself emotionally when he's going to make that decision so that tells you right there how he feels about justin as well yeah. but at the same time he has to put on his his his, his gm hat and he has to remove himself emotionally. Uh, from his bond with Justin and make the right decision uh, to who's going to be in charge of leading this offense in terms of the quarterback position.
0: Yeah. we'll, we'll end up seeing, I thought it was very, I thought he did a good job talking about it, right? He, like you mentioned, he he brought up the, the actual human aspect of, and the one thing that Ryan Poles has mentioned a ton of times is if you find the right person, he kept saying that if you find the right person, if you find guys that have the right mindset, if you find guys that have the right personality you know that you're going to find players that more times than not are going to fit what you're trying to do. And I do think that's very important because sometimes we get so enamored with the talent, but then the talent comes in and it doesn't work well with the talent that you already have here because there's some kind of personality clash. And I get it, right? Like in the mindset of everyone, right? Oh, it doesn't matter. You got to do what you got to do. You got to make it. You got to work together with people you don't like. Yeah, but nobody wants to do that. like Nobody wants to build with that, so I thought it was very interesting that he's still taking the personality into account, but separating that when it does come to what could be available to him, and he's not blind to that. And I think that, to me, when I look at some of the things that were said today in this press conference, Ryan Poles talked about kind of how he's approaching this offseason. When you heard what he said about, you know, being very methodical, taking his time, he's going to take this thing all the way to April when it comes down to trading Justin Fields or not trading the first-round pick or not. Does that make you feel like he's trying to, like, lull teams in, let's bring everybody in, and we're going to figure this all out together? Or is this kind of like, my decision's already made, and I just want to let y'all sweat? No, I
1: think I think he's... I don't think he's made a decision. I think he's going to really – I think he really has a lot of evaluations to do, and it's going to start in-house with Justin. You've got to yeah. go back and, and and look at the tape. You've got to look at how he's led this team, how he's led his offense, the situations he's been through in terms of coordinator, coordinator, You know, uh, the positions he was put in. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? I think he's got to factor that in-house first and then go to the draft, in which he talked about. The biggest thing is, yeah – you see the skill set and you see the play of these quarterbacks on tape. You see them, you know, in a game like environment. You know they can play, but at the same time, you got to know the person. And I think that's that's 100. You've got to know the person. And he talked about playing quarterback here in Chicago. It's so different, right? Because it's such a big market. So yeah. when you're a quarterback here, he's like, you know, you've got to be tough mind, you got to be tough mentally, right? Because hey, it's the media. We're the media now. They're going to be on you. They're going to be on you. There's going to be outside influences saying this about you. But can you can you block out the naysayers and and, and remain focused at the task at hand? So you you got to let a
0: naysayer know, bro. You got to let a naysayer know, bro.
1: But you got to have a special. You got to have. You got to have a special. uh, I'm not going to say skill set, but you got to have a certain type of character to be a quarterback in a big market like Chicago, and that's bigger than you know your skill set because if you don't have the mindset and the perseverance mentally. Uh, or the mental toughness to overcome, like, what you're going to be asked to do, all the scrutiny that you may face, then if skill set doesn't matter because you're going to go out there there on that field and you're going to suck because mentally you're broke down. And I think that's what his biggest evaluation is going to be when he starts evaluating these quarterbacks that could be possibilities of taking over the reins here in Chicago offensively. He's got to do that homework as well.
0: Yeah. And I I think that what's going to be interesting here. And again, I talked about this setting a standard immediately. I think that the Bears are setting a standard when Ryan Poles was asked about it, when Kevin Warren was asked about Kevin Warren. First off, he won me over in a press conference. I'm sorry. He did. I get it. I listen. I'm 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 a every now and then as a Bears fan, I'm a meathead fan. Right. And guess what? You, you sit there and you give me the, I'm impatient. We got to start winning. We know what the standard is. We're going to go out there and execute it next season. I'm like, all right, which wall you need me to run through, sir? Yeah. I got it right here for you. But I, I I feel like now we're starting to see, and it started with Luke Getse that the standard was too low for what the offense was as a whole. I talked about all the highs of, of Matt Eberflus, right? Luke Getzey didn't have those. Bottom 27, or 27th overall offense in the NFL. Bottom of the, of the uh, league passing offense. Didn't see enough development for most people out of Justin Fields. I think, right, even Justin Fields fans, I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I've seen this guy develop. There are still things that I look at that he did in week four, that he's doing in week uh, uh, 17. And I go, you gotta do a little bit better than that, right? But- how Matt Eberflus talked about it, do you feel like we could be talking about the standard being that Justin Fields met whatever the expectation was? Cause he said when he's looking for his, in his next offensive play caller, a good offensive play caller knows how to adapt and adjust the scheme to their quarterback throughout yep. the season. That quote to me says Luke Getzey, refused to change who he was so that Justin Fields could work. Does that feel like a vote of confidence in we think Justin can play, but he didn't get put in great positions to do that?
1: 100%. And we've talked about this all year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it goes back to when we were talking about, you know, we were questioning whether or not Getsy had open discussions with Justin about the yeah. game plan. You know, and we talked about it, Justin, do you like this play? Do you like what we're doing here? Uh, in terms of the game plan, do you feel like this is going to help you have success on Sunday? And I'm not saying that every officer coordinator has to take all the advice uh, from his players or his quarterback, but at the same time, if my quarterback is, is, and I'm not saying Justin went and did this, but if my quarterback's telling you, hey, I'm I'm not comfortable with just dropping back. The routes are too deep. I'm trying to get the ball out quick. The receivers got their back turned and I have a coordinator that's not at least listening yeah, you know, then, then we got a problem. You We got a problem because I'm telling you stuff that as, as your quarterback, I'm not comfortable with executing, but you're trying to force me to go out there on that football field and execute. And when it's not happening, when, when we're failing to do so, and if you're not able to, to make change or bring about adjustments is the biggest word. If you can't adjust, right, yeah. to your quarterback skill set, the same thing we've been saying all year long. Uh, Flus came out and said that he felt like the biggest things that were lacking in offense was adjustments, creativity, being innovative, right? We've seen the same things over and over again. We've seen a game plan week in and week out that had, you know, a, a quarterback sitting in the pocket Yeah, who's not who, – who, who who's shown you that, you know, he has a struggle when sitting in the pocket. You know, we've seen a game plan that didn't, that didn't always accentuate his skill set, get him out of the pocket. A game plan that didn't really enable him to utilize – his natural given ability that's being able to affect the game with his legs as well. And, you know, that's, that's a problem. And and, and then not, not being able to make in game adjustments at that. Right. So let's, even if you look at the last game, right. Green Bay, we know we're shorthanded, you know, we know we're struggling. We know we're we're down a starting center. We're down a starting guard. Protection sucks. But what do we do? We come out the second half and Justin's still sitting in the pocket You know, like a damn statue, instead of getting him out on the move or maybe giving him an easy completion, you know what I'm saying, to get his confidence up or to get things going offensively, we keep doing the same thing. So when you have, you know, a a coach that hasn't been able to make those adjustments all year, I mean, you see why the result is results. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, and it was a tough season to watch at times, and and I know people wanted to make it. Listen, don't take our word for it, right? Take the people who were in the building's word for it. Mm -hmm. Ryan Pulse said on ESPN 1000 he thought that the game plan and the scheme needed to be better. Uh, Matt Ibraflu said during the season that they needed to be more explosive downfield. DJ Moore said during the season that they need to be more explosive downfield. I mean, everybody's called him out, and if you don't want to take Justin's word for it, take everybody else's word for it who's in the office you think if it was more of a Justin Fields issue that yep. they would go, well, you know, we're getting these calls in here, but Justin's not taking advantage of it. Now you can't just come out and say it. Right. But they they'd find a way to say it. We've seen that happen in the NFL. Uh, and I think that, you know, it was very telling when you heard what Matty Ruflu said, when you heard how Ryan Poles talked about it as well on what this Chicago Bears team thought of the job that Luke Getzey was able to do. They didn't think that he executed well enough and they're and they're now moving on from it. I guess now the question is why do they feel Matt Eberflus executed well?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing I was gonna ask you, like you know, and the thing that was confusing to me is um and don't get me wrong, I've told you I like coach Flus. I Yeah, I think he's a really good coach, you know what I mean? Do I think he and I've said it over again, does he have the type of personality that, that we want here in Chicago? I wouldn't say that, you know yeah. what I'm saying, but at the same time. I do think he's a good coach. But here's the thing, right? Coach Poles talked about being detailed, being in terms of evaluating everything, and yeah. you know, they're not gonna leave no stone unturned. They're trying to get better. Um, well, you know, there's there's coaches out there who I feel like you you should have maybe done your due diligence. Even if you even if you your gut says, hey, we're gonna keep flues. Yeah. like he said, he met with management, he met with Kevin Warren, and they came to that to sit, like it was ultimately. You know, uh, Ryan pulls the decision, but he met with Kevin Warren and they all say, hey, we want to keep loose. But at the same time, you know, I just feel like you do your due diligence and maybe interview a uh, coach Vrabel, coach Harbaugh. You know what I'm saying? See what yeah. their feel is, you know, see what type of, uh, you know, I don't know. I think you just got to do your due diligence. Just like, just like you're going to evaluate
0: these quarterbacks.
1: Like yeah. you got to evaluate the coaches that, that are available or that may become available uh, if you're trying to really improve.
0: No, I'm with you 100%. And I feel like they didn't do that. And that is one thing. Ryan Poles talked about it today. He said he did not j- talk yeah, said, to Jim Harbaugh yeah. or anybody pertaining to looking at head coaching options outside of the building. And yeah. that, to me, I, I guess if there's anything that I may have an issue with or I may feel like, you know, is is a uh uh, uh where I want to see him do better is. It kind of feels like that's almost what he did with the C.J. Stroud situation because you had the quarterback there. You knew I'm not looking for quarterbacks because if you do your evaluation or maybe he didn't, it just didn't come out the way that C.J. Stroud has played. If you do your evaluation, C.J. Stroud looks like he's a he's going to be one of those generational talents in year one. And he's got his team in the playoffs. And we're sitting out here with the top draft pick yet again, looking around, going, "Okay, is Justin Fields the answer? For me, with the coaching situation, there's no question. Mike Vrabel's a better coach than Matt Eberflus is. It's, it's not even a question. The, Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Matt Eberflus is. So if we're talking about upping the standard, and this is the standard, and we have to be above it, how does Matt Eberflus meet the standard? I'm fine with him being here. My, my, my producer over on The Breeze, he calls him Matt the Mechanic. Because he's like, he's like, he's a good dude. He's the dude you want taking care of your car. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy that you want. Yeah, I mean, like, he's not going to let you leave if your brakes are bad. You got 5% yeah, brake pads left. I can't bro. let you drive this out of here. Bro. We got a rental for you. Don't worry. He's like, he's like, listen, he's a good dude. But, like, is it that is the guy that I want leading my franchise? Bro. And that, that, to me, is a tough question because I would love to have Vrabel. I would love to have Hardball, And I know that if they showed up, this franchise would win. I still don't know that about Matt Eberford.
1: Yeah, because, and, and like you said, those guys are proven. Harbaugh's won everywhere he's been. Yeah. He has a winning record as a head coach in this league. Took team, he's taken, you know, the Titans to the playoffs before. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. With you know, some
0: suspect quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and, and,
1: you know, like you said, it's like, <laughs> hey, you know, Coach loses. Uh, I can find
0: do? that list. I saw that list of of quarterbacks. With how many guys started, and I was just like, "Mike Vrabel's a godsend, that somebody needs to hire him." Yeah. And it's like,
1: you know, you, you 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 here's the thing, right? You have all those coaches with with proven track records, right? And you look at now we have Coach Fluce. I think he's ten and like twenty-four as a head coach. Yeah, uh, two and ten in division. You know, three blown ten-point fourth-quarter leads. We saw that this year, and he was on a fourteen-game losing streak. You know what I'm saying? And then you look at Vrabel. Look at his track record. You know, has it been great as of late? No, but he knows how to win in this league. He knows how to get to the playoffs. Coach Harbaugh, like I said, has won everywhere he's been. So, you know, why wouldn't you, you know, do your due diligence and meet with those guys to see, you know, get a feel for them. Are they a fit, you know, in terms of your organization, your locker room, stuff like that, you know. If you're going to be detailed and meticulous in evaluating everything, well, then why didn't you evaluate any other coach? That's kind of the big question.
0: Yeah, and it and it just feels like right, like it feels like you haven't done your due diligence, and and I th- I guess that's the part that maybe yeah. irks me a little bit, because even right, like I think about the Raiders aren't bringing back Antonio Pierce. It doesn't sound like could yeah. Antonio Pierce work here? He's done an excellent job with a, with a subpar roster in Oakland, right? Like it yeah. it just felt like. You committed to fluce because he was here and he was safe.
1: Yeah. And that's it. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. And, you know, Antonio Pierce, I think they said, is is going to be talking to the Titans about that job. Yep. You know what I'm saying? When you have a guy like who 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 bleeds silver and black, grew up in Compton, California, you know, was able to galvanize that locker room. The guys want to play for him. And he won his time being. He showed you he can win. Oh, yeah. You Know what I'm saying? So it's like, hey, we're gonna go outside of the building when we have something, but the biggest thing is, like with the Bears, like you have a coach in the building that doesn't have a winning record, that's never gone to the playoffs, that's two and ten in your division. Um, you know, it, it's tough, and like I said, it, it, it's it's hard, you know, I understand it's it, it's tough, and it's you want to be safe, but at yeah. the same time. It's like it's not like the draft where you're looking at these quarterbacks and it's a crapshoot. Okay, nobody knew C.J. Stroud was going to be C.J. Stroud, uh, and, and you know what I'm saying. Nobody knew yeah. he was going to project better than Bryce Young. If they sit there and tell you that they're lying,
0: all <laughs> nobody nobody had him at that either. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, that's
1: not yeah, they have first round grades and they have potential, yeah. but nobody nobody knows whether or not these quarterbacks are going to hit their potential in year one, right? So it's an unproven commodity. You have a proven commodity in which you had two coaches out there that you didn't interview: Harbaugh, Vab- Vabril. You know what I'm saying? You didn't even attempt to interview those guys, and they're proven winners. They they're coaches that have proven that they can, you know, lead. Uh, they can be leader uh, leaders of men in that locker room, yeah. but also put together, you know, winning organizations. They've proven that. You know, the quarterback, it's a crapshoot. Regardless on how great they're saying Caleb Williams is, how great Drake May looks, and all this other stuff, it's still a crapshoot because we don't know. How their game's gonna translate in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Know. We'll see what it we'll see what it ends up being. I don't know, right, like the where they go. Offensive coordinator now, defensive coordinator. Uh, the one thing about the staff that is sticking around, uh, specifically Chris Morgan will stay, which I thought was very interesting, seeing as how we questioned offensive line play for a good chunk of the season. But Darnell Wright did play well. Tevin Jenkins yeah. looked really good. Maybe it's a a a conversation of talent. not a conversation of uh, what was there. Um, But there's one guy that will be staying per Ryan Poles that is not the quarterback. (laughs) Unfortunately, he said that he won't be uh, making that decision for a while, but he said, Jalen Johnson's not going anywhere. It's huge. And that to me is the biggest, I guess the, the, the thing that makes you feel the best leaving this season. Yeah. With how Jalen Johnson is played, he's got, he's got to get back to the table. They got to get contract talks uh, yeah. in place. Of course, Jalen has the franchise tag available if they wish to put him on that, but I would think they want to get a long-term deal done. What does that, to you, say about kind of the stability that they're talking about yeah. by keeping Jalen Johnson here?
1: 100%, and I'll start with the locker room first, right? As players, we love to see our, you know, our uh, you know, teammates get rewarded for their play. Yeah, you know, guys will get rewarded and, and don't have big contributions, but Jalen Johnson's had a big contribution in terms of being on the field, but off the field as well. You know, Jalen Johnson's been one of the guys who have mentored Tyreek Stevenson, and Terrell Smith, you know, and a lot of the a lot of those guys in that defensive back room. You know, we saw all training camp every time Tyreek Stevenson came off the field, where was he going? He was going over to Jalen Johnson, conversating. You know, learning yeah. what it takes to play at a high level, and then. You know, we questioned Jalen Johnson before the season. Oh, he only has one interception. Oh, he wants too much money. And I mean, he goes he out there and <laughs> proves himself.
0: <laughs> I mean, he did. Let's not. Yeah, he, let's did. not he, he did. did. But it no, goes no, out not, there. Right? And halfway through the season, we were saying the same thing. And yeah, he went out there and he, <laughs> he went out there and proved himself
1: as right. being one of the elite corners. So he's earned that. And it's good to see that, you know, guys are being rewarded for what they've earned. And that goes a big way. That goes a long way in the locker room. Right. Because if guys in the locker room seeing that people are being rewarded based upon their production, well, guess what? I'm going to go out there and bust my ass because I know if I bust my behind here and I produce that, hey, I have a GM that's willing to pay. me. Right. The same thing we saw with Cole Komet. When Cole Komet got paid, everybody was excited because one of their teammates got paid for his productivity. So guys in the locker room know if I produce, I have a GM who's going to be willing to pay me for my work. And that's huge for the bears so it's stability in terms of you know him being compensated but it's also stability in terms of you're regaining a locker room guy you're regaining a leader you know in that building and that's something that you need because that's something that we haven't had you know for a long time that chemistry is starting to uh, that started starting to brew and, and Post talked about that he talked about the O line going with the D line to have dinner and stuff like that and not've been a part of tight-knit locker rooms like that while I was here in Chicago yeah you know, when you guys care about each other, You know, more than just football players. Well, guess what? When you're on that field, you're going to give your all for that man next to you because you care about him. You know, he's like a family member to you. So that's how, you know, you win games. That's how Yeah, and
0: and I think that's the interesting part about this, right? We come out of a season where some garbage losses, right? Let's call them what that. The Detroit loss, that was a horrible way to finish a game. You finished it in the worst possible way. The Broncos loss, horrible way to finish a game, worst possible way. Those are losses that break locker rooms. Those are losses that break the people that are in locker rooms. Especially when you get to the Detroit game and you lose in a similar fashion than what you lost in before. Those are the times where like players start to look around and be like, "Man, coach don't know what he talking about, bro." Man, co- coach ain't he ain't yeah. he not leading us in the right direction. <laughs> now, I still feel like there's a lot of improvement that needs to happen from a coaching aspect, but. You saw them stay together. This is a very tight knit locker room. They still want, they don't want Justin Fields to leave. This is not just small, this is not just saying the right thing, right? I, we hear that all the time. Guys got to say the right thing. They got to make sure that they're talking in the right way. So, because the media is going to take it out of context. This ain't just them saying the right thing. Like the second a mic is put in front of some of these guys' faces, it's like, Keith Fields, by the way. Uh, yeah, what's your question? Yeah. I mean, so like they're, they're, these guys are, and, and they've been that way with Jalen Johnson, with Jalen Johnson gets into the uh, pro bowl, right? All his teammates are there. They, they're loving everything that he's able to do, how he's been able to to uh, uh, get paid this season, right? Like this is a locker room that feels like one that could be heading towards high aspirations. Yeah. But you just got to continue to get those pieces in there. And I think Taking Jalen Johnson out of that, and similarly to me, on the flip side, taking Justin Fields out of that could be something that definitely could fracture this locker room. I'm glad to know that at a minimum with Jalen Johnson right now, they look at it and say, we're not going to mess nothing up on the defensive side, especially bringing Flus back in a year where he's, yeah, I, I mean, listen, hey, Ryan Poles can call it what he wants. That's the hot seat now. You got to go out and you got to win. You got to win nine plus games.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what I was saying. So, you know, I, I tweeted out. And I said that, um, you know, how are we going to get a, an elite level offensive coordinator with a coach pretty much on a one year prove it deal? And I'm saying, th- like you said, you have to win now. So if you get a coordinator, and I know Washington did the same thing with Eric Bieniemy, but yeah. guess what? What happened to Ron Rivera? Yeah.
0: He's
1: not there. So yeah. is Eric Bieniemy next in line to take that head coaching job? We don't know because they're going to be interviewing all kinds of people. You know what I'm saying? It's like what assurance. Do you give a new offensive coordinator an elite level offensive? And coach? they're
0: trying to find the GM. <laughs> That's what he I'm saying. I'm going to interview for that job. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: like if you if you're an offensive coordinator, and I know there's some guys out there like well, everybody, you know, as a coach, you want to keep evolving, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, most of the coaches you want you're like your end game is be a head coach. You know, some coaches they just want to be position coaches. They just want to be coordinators and stuff like that. But if you're an offensive coordinator. And you're coming here. Yeah, it's a great opportunity because you, you got a chance to come here and say, hey, you know what? I can rebuild. I can make this offense work. You know what I mean? I can put together a great offense. Now you don't know what's gonna you don't know what you're gonna have on the center yet, but I can make this work. But but what incentive do you have? It's 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 really gonna be like a one year thing because say if yeah. Flusky doesn't succeed here, you're the offensive coordinator. Flusky gets fired. Well, guess what? That new coach is bringing in a whole new staff. You ain't staying here. Unless, yeah. right? Unless you come in here and they make a little side deal with you and say, "Hey, we lo- we we like you as a potential, you know, head coaching candidate. Yeah. We use a coordinator this year, and if Flus fails out, then you have a will. You'll be one of our top candidates to interview. And I can't see them making a side deal like that with the head coach there. That yeah. doesn't make sense."
0: You know, not one that you put this big of a vote of confidence in. I mean, like, I get it if it was like... I would get it if this was the second year of fluce winning seven games in a row and they were like, we're going to bring him back. But with the mindset of, hey, listen, if it go bad, it's going to go bad. Yeah, I mean... You know I mean, like, yeah, like I, I could see not Not in a year where you're basically saying you've built upon this, you've improved a lot. We're not... Kevin Warren basically came out, and, it, and I think he's a as surprising as it is to me, I think he's a big reason why fluce is still here yeah. because he talked about not turning away too quick. He said with the Rams yeah. when we were in our second year uh, and when, listen, when you got jewelry to bang on the table, that's, that's all you got to say, really just like, listen, brother, I got one of these. Yeah, I mean, stop playing with me, but <laughs> he brought up that championship like four times in the press <laughs> conference. I was like, all right, we know you got it. I shout out to you big, big baller out here. But, uh, he, he, he basically said right in the second year, you know, we we took a we were sitting there and when you're locked in, we didn't do enough. But when yeah. we took a step back, we said, OK, here are the places that we've had improvement at. Can that continue? And I think for the Bears, that's really the question coming into this season. Do you have enough on this team that can continue to improve? And can you add enough to this team to accentuate those things that are going to improve? And that starts with the offensive coordinator. Because guess what? The number one place you got to improve at is the quarterback position one way or the other. Whether you're a Fields guy or you're a Williams guy, whatever it is, Justin Fields still has to improve. If you go get Caleb Williams, he's got to be better.
1: Yeah, and that makes me, you know, with what you said, too, it, it makes you wonder, like, you know, we talk about the decision on Fields and and, and, and both talked about not making that decision until April, and we know, that we know they don't have to pick up his option until May, right? But does that make you wonder, you know, if we move on from Fields, did we turn that page too quickly? Mm-hmm. If, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Did we turn that page too quickly? Yeah, You know, and, and that's the thing that makes you wonder, like, is you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I know it's just, it's just a matter of us being in a good situation right now to get it right. And, yeah. you know, you just like, like with, with what we have in place, it's, you want to get this thing, right? Like whatever, do you want to get it right? And we have the money, we have the draft capital. You're in a great position to get it right.
0: The Bears in a once in a lifetime position. I think this yeah. is a position I said this yesterday with Courtney. This is a position that to me dictates the next 10 years of your of your franchise. Yeah. You you have quarterback, you have uh, uh coaching decisions now. I mean, they, and, and there's coaches available. The one thing, right? I talked with Briggs about this, mm-hmm. about the possibility of bringing Chico in as a DC because yes. Chico is more aggressive. He talked about how Chico and Lovey uh uh um kind of worked really well together because Lovey was more passive. Yeah. And Chico was more aggressive. And so when they would sit there and they would have their dialogue, you kind of got the perfect combination yeah. of both. Are you going to get that with fluce if he brings in a DC? Is he just going to promote somebody within or does he go out and get a big name? You've got the opportunity at a minimum because fluce wants to be the CEO to build an elite staff here. Yeah, you're gonna have and it. you got to go out. And, and, and to me, you got to go out and you just got to Money shouldn't be the option. Yep. Right, we shouldn't be talking about well. Oh, the Bears uh, really—they uh, got their new offensive coordinator for two million dollars a year. Uh, okay. wh- where we get him from? He—he he was coached. Uh, it's, it's Jason McKee. He was coaching uh high school <laughs> a year ago, and uh, they just—he was on the sidelines. Yeah. They said, "Don't you want to just switch headsets?"
1: <laughs> yeah, and he said that you know. And I think what uh, you know in terms of when they were talking about you know hiring an offensive coordinator, the traits that they were looking for, and Flus talked about. You know, that individual must be a great teacher, right? And we're not yeah. just talking about him teaching the players the scheme, right, and developing the players, right? He has to be a great teacher and teach his position coaches and yeah. make sure that they that they believe in him and to make sure that they're teaching the scheme the way he wants it to be taught amongst their position groups. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the main things. And he said he also – they got to be innovative. They got to be able to make adjustments, right? Adjustments and hey, okay – you know, my, this this system is set up for whatever quarterback we have under center. But, hey, you know, we're playing Green Bay and at halftime they got to figure out, am I creative enough? or Am I able to make in-game adjustments to overcome, you know, the failures that we had the first half of this game? Can we adjust turn, and can I make adjustments to make us more successful in the second half of this game so we can put points on the board so that way we don't stall out? And Coach, yeah. who's talked about in particular, yeah, everybody wants to run the ball, but what happens when you can't run the ball? Right. Do I have a passing game or can we be adequate enough in the passing game? So that way, you know, we still have an offense on the field or do we just, you know, okay, we we can't run. We can't do anything.
0: No. When when you're looking looking at when you're looking at candidates right now, who's who's kind of because flu said he's got a a short list. uh, But who's who's a name that pops kind of to the top of your mind initially that you could you could get to possibly work in here?
1: I honestly don't know, but I know one thing. I just wanted to be, you know, I wanted to have. A, I, I like what he said. I wanted to. I wanted to be a guy who has all those things, right? A great teacher, being able to make in-game adjustments, being able to adjust your, uh, you know, to your quarterback, being able to enhance his skill set. But I think it also has to be somebody that has a proven record of developing quarterbacks. Yeah, right? and that's the main thing, right? You talk about you want to have somebody that can develop quarterbacks, but then you have people in here who have never done it. Who, have, who don't have a track record of doing it? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You talked about a mechanic, right? Flus being a mechanic, well, hell, I'm not gonna take my car to go get. I'm not gonna take my car to Taco Bell to go pick up some tires because shit, they don't specialize in you know in tires. You know what I mean? I got it. I've got to well, have the dude
0: behind Taco Bell. Oftentimes, does I no, never mind. Don't worry about that. Right. Don't worry about that. We all know that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, but you got to have somebody. <laughs> I need. I need somebody in here that that has a proven record of having a successful offense but also has a great track record, right, of, uh, of being able to develop quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, because that's where it's been. That's, that's where it starts. Like, if you're able to develop your quarterback and you have a good relationship with your quarterback, well, then, hell, you know your quarterback and you know he can, he can uh, run your scheme. And when he struggles at times, I've got to be able to make those adjustments so that way I can continue to accentuate the skill set that he has.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see. I think Greg Roman to me immediately pops to mind. But are you going to be able to get him mm-hmm. if Jim Harbaugh comes back to the NFL? Uh, he's got an MVP oh, season are. with Lamar Jackson. A lot of us look at um, at Lamar Jackson is what Justin Fields archetype archetype is kind of uh, moving forward. Um, I I would another guy that I that I've thought of a lot is is Cliff Kingsbury. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that. You know, the job he did with Kyler Murray, I thought he was a terrible leader uh, as far as a head coach, but he can call plays. He can call plays left and right. And so could he be somebody? who you can get in here. I believe uh, head coach or uh, uh, OC at USC. I want to say right now, can you get him back into the NFL as an offensive coordinator as well? I think yeah. the bears have so many options ahead of them, um, but this is the one that you have to figure out most importantly right now. And the quickest, because guess what with the draft coming up with uh, uh have with the evaluation of Justin Fields, you need to find out what your priorities are heading into next season. Are your priorities we're going into next year. Trying to fix and complete Justin Fields, or are your priorities? We need to develop a new young quarterback, and yeah. you need to have the O.C. in place for 100%. for that decision to even be made.
1: Hundred percent, because you may get an O.C. right who interviews, and when they're talking, like you know, it, it's just it's tough because if that off O.C. comes in here, right, and he doesn't feel Justin Fields has the potential to be successful, yeah, then you're gonna you got to go a different direction. You know what I mean? They all gonna have to be on the same page you know or do you, or does an OC come in here and say you know what I can work with Justin like I can I can turn him around you know I can I can develop him I can I can make him into that franchise quarterback that we want him to be yeah do you have an OC that that, that can do that can uh you know be able to to make that transformation with Justin like I don't know but that that OC's got to be in place cuz he's going to be very influential in terms of you know what the bears do with quarterback
0: yeah, we'll see what this team ends up doing, man. There's There was so much in this press conference. Uh, Kevin Warren also talked about some of the stadium things. And uh, <laughs> again, what I love about Kevin Warren and when he was talking is um, he's not going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I love that there's somebody in our organization that we have that mindset with because, right? Listen, no disrespect to Ted Phillips. He's settled. Right? He decided, you know, we we want a new stadium. We don't feel like going through everything is going to take the move. We'll just land a spaceship on top of old Soldier Field and call it (laughs) New Soldier Field. Right? He settled, right? We're going to take out 20,000 seats and make it one of the smaller stadiums in the NFL. What? Right? He settled. Kevin Warren's not here to settle. Yeah. Kevin Warren's here to win. Whether that's South Parking Lot, whether that's something he's talking about downtown. I don't even know how yeah, we would put a football yeah. stadium downtown. Would That'd be insane. Do. All I care about is parking where I'm going. That's all I care about. I shouldn't have to walk six miles. But when you hear that mindset from Kevin Warren from a stadium aspect, does that give you hope for the future of the Bears and how they're being led?
1: Yeah, 100. Like, I just love the passion that that Kevin Warren had. Like in yeah. terms of Chicago. You know what I mean? So it's not like he's just – hes obviously, he's here to do a job. But you know, he's like you said, he's not going to lose, right? He's going to do it to his fullest – he's going to do it to his fullest potential because he has a bond, like, with Chicago. He said, I love Chicago. I love the people here. I live downtown. Like, he embodies himself with Chicago. And like you said, when you have somebody that has the confidence that's going to get it right, that's going to find a way to make this happen, like, there is no no – there's no such thing as accepting failure. I'm not going to fail. I'm going to get it done. Like it's very encouraging. And as a former player, you know, that's what I want that's what I want to hear, you know, as a as a former player, as as, as a fan, like that's what you want to hear. And you know, if, if they can make this thing happen downtown, I think it's great because I love I mean I love playing at Soldier Field because it was downtown like the Chicago Bears it was something about that vibe, that aura about playing yeah. Soldier Field where the greats played, you know, the greats uh, that played before me and have an opportunity to play in the same stadium that they played in. But like you said, you've got to make it conducive to the fans. you got to make it conducive in terms of your earning potential. Uh, You know, the business side coming into effect. Are we we maximizing our earning potential right now? No, we're not because we look at, you know, uh, Jerry Jones down there in Dallas and you look at what he's able to do with that stadium when it's not. Jerry's crazy, bro. Jerry's Jerry's getting paid. So, you know, there's a lot of factors, but I think you know. Obviously, they got the right guy in charge of doing it because, like I said before, he has a proven track record of doing this already. You're not bringing in somebody green who's talking about you know building a new stadium that hasn't done. it. You have Kevin Warren who's already done this. Yeah, he's been through this road. He knows what it takes to get it done, so it's going to get done.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm I'm excited for what the future of the Bears is. I'm not going to lie. And today's press conference did not feel like. Very many of the end of the year press conferences have yes. right, like even even after, even after losing in the playoffs, the end of the year press conference, Right in twenty eighteen, we lost the end of the year press conference, and and that was when I was really in the thick of right covering sports for a living and stuff like that. Is like the end of your press conference was like, "Hey, bro, y'all gonna have a kicker battle? Like what? Like what? <laughs> we about to do what? Right. Like, we you knew the kicker sucked weeks ago, like what's going we're doing a kicker battle like i and now it's like it feels like even though this season to me you didn't live up to your expectations or you didn't exceed your expectations, it feels like there's still hope and still options, and to me, options make me feel like. There's a possibility for the future. And then I look to the guys that are leading the team, right? I don't look at Ryan Poles the way I looked at Ryan Pace, where it's like, bro, you gave everything up and mortgaged the Bears' entire future for for Mitch Trubisky.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's two quarterbacks that already look better than he do, right? And uh, uh, you look at, you know, like... The 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 second year after, right, like things get worse and it's just like, okay, you're not giving us any answers and you have no direction to go because you traded for Khalil Mack. You have no draft capital. You have no money. We're locked into this team going into next year. Maybe we can find a wide receiver somewhere. Right? Like this is just like the options are available. Ryan Poles in two years has made some of the smartest decisions I've ever seen a GM make in my lifetime. And yeah. he's doing it for my franchise. And Kevin Warren came out today and basically was like, Hey, we better start some winning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> like you said, it, it's encouraging because now you you're you know, you're seeing that type of stability that we haven't had here in a long time. Yeah. You're seeing you're seeing guys that are very competent at doing their job. And us as as fans, right? it's just human nature for us to want instant gratification. We want success now. We want it now. And like those guys said in this press conference, the same thing that Kevin Warren said, Coach Poe, Coach Flew said, right? The one thing we heard was we're we're, we're, we're trying to build this the right way. You know, it's the long haul. It takes time. You know, you got to be patient. You know, we're going to get it done. So, you know, at the end of the day, you got to trust the powers that be to make the right decisions. But the good thing is, you know, we're in position to where, Either way you go, right? And I'll talk the, going back to the quarterback, but just either way you go, whether you keep dressing or you don't, you're in position to make a change, change for the better. And we yeah. just got to make sure that, hey, you know, whatever decision it is that they do their due diligence and make the right one. If they feel like Coach Flus is the right decision moving forward for next year. Then, hey, he, that's the, you know, that's where it's at right now <laughs> without even, you know, looking at those other guys. They feel yeah. like Coach Flus you know, has the heartbeat of the locker room. You know, he's able to he was able to galvanize the troops this year. And, and if they give him a better offensive coordinator, things will be different. You know, we look at the, a three-game stretch. You look at those three losses we had, the first Detroit game, the Denver game, and the Cleveland game. Hell, if 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 that if if a play here or there goes a different way in, in that fourth quarter, well shoot, we're looking at a ten win football team.
0: But we talk about playoffs.
1: <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? We yeah. talking about being in the wild card this weekend. We we finna have, you know, Bears uh playoff parties. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, we're so close, you know what I mean? But almost doesn't count. But it's just it's just a sigh of relief to be closer than where we've been in the past. Yeah. Going into this offseason. It's encouraging. We're not yep. satisfied. I'm I'm not satisfied. I'm encouraged.
0: I'm that encouraged. Way. That's that's a great way to put it. I'm not satisfied. I'm encouraged and I think that the Bears are I do think they're going in the right direction and they're making the tough decisions that to put them in the right direction. I don't agree with all the decisions, but like I said over on the breeze, I trust Ryan Poles. And you know what? If you trust Ryan Poles, it's not based on him making the decisions I want him to make. It's yeah. based on him making the decisions that are best for the Chicago Bears because I wanted them to trade with Chase Claypool. So. I, I, was <laughs> I was wrong. Well, at I, least at least he took ownership of that. Hey, hey said it the day he said, said I was today. depressed I, I, halfway I, I, through I, I, the season on a that. trade that did not
1: work. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this though, Pat. What was your uh <laughs> when he came out and they asked him, hey, uh, you know, you didn't you didn't think about talking to Coach Harbaugh? And he's like, no. Like, what was bro. your reaction? Honestly, I was like, oh, I
0: was bro, like, bro, no, it like, was, like, it was, it was hey. Shout out Courtney. <laughs> Courtney is the best Chicago Bears beat reporter yeah. in the city. Cronin. Shout out to Courtney Cronin. Yeah. I'm s- we're so I'm blessed thankful. to have her as yeah, a part of the Bears podcast family because she said, yeah. "Matt, I'm sorry about the awkwardness of this conversation, but uh, hey, why'd y'all keep him? Right,
1: look him <laughs> off. Hey, look him off like she was looking off the. Sa- hey, she looked him off like she's looking off the safety and cover too. She looked at food. Flu- Hey, she looked the flues. <laughs> hey, sorry about this. I ain't going here. I'm going to go to my second read. Bam. And look oh, at fired, fired a question in there, man. Like, Courtney
0: was, coming with the haymakers from the top rope, dog. I was, I, di- I, I thought, you know what it was though? It showed me that there's somebody that's willing to ask questions yeah. in the building. And it also shows me that maybe there's a little bit of a different vibe because I do believe that there were people that used to be willing to ask those tough questions. Yeah. And they don't get to go to the building anymore. Yeah. Right. Because the previous regime, whatever it was, was like, oh, I was a little mean. That was a little mean. Pants, You're a trying little, like, trying little... to make us look bad. Or are you not? Try- yeah, I mean, like bad. I don't. I, that, that speaks to some growth as well. Like Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles can put on a big boy pants yeah. and have tough conversations in yeah. front of people. Like I, I loved it. I loved how Poles answered it. He said, I never That's looked. And I thought, I thought he did – when you look at a lot of leadership days, he did a great job. But I love the fact that she just asked the question. I feel like we don't get enough of that throughout yeah. the season. Bears fans in the comments be like, why are we asking him about what color shoes he's wearing?
1: Right, right. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I'm not going to I- –
1: not going to say any names, and you know we we talked about that.
0: Hey, we've been we've been in there, we've been in there, bro. we've been in there. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that
1: before. It's all
0: love to everybody in that room, but
1: yeah, for sure. I'm we know asking that question. You write it down before you went in there, like a
0: <laughs> off the cuff. Wow. Sometimes car- when you do it. Man, and you do this, and you make that happen. Hey, man, we are having fun, man. We're excited for this offseason, as you can tell. Me and J-Mac can't wait to keep breaking all of this down with you guys every single week. Stay tuned in with us and locked in with us over here on the Chicago Bears podcast. Got Courtney Cronin on tomorrow. Cannot wait to ask her about the no-look question. That was was an elite question.
1: I said it's the... Hey, it's the uh, the no look looking off cover cover two. She she was looking off
0: cover two. She was looking off the
1: safety. She was looking at that near safety. (laughs) Bam! My first reason out there. She said, "Hey, uh, you know, Coach Flus, don't feel awkward." Bam! me go to polls. And why did you hire like and fire that question in there, man? Like (laughs) what I'm talking about, quarterback Courtney.
0: Hey, I, I love it man I love it y'all stay safe out there Chicago Big Bear Don let us know how you guys felt about the press conference in the comments below we'll be down there to talk with you as well as always it's your boy Pat the Designer back at it again to continue watching the Chicago Bears content make sure you guys are clicking the links on the screen and checking the links in the description below it's it's uh, uh, for Jason McKee I'm Pat the Designer Bear Don peace I had hey, a stroke there at the end I don't know what that was that was <laughs> tough I don't, I don't know what that was yeah peace <laughs> <laughs>